Welcome to the PSD cast of Power Systems Design. I'm your host, Jason Lumberg, and in today's episode, we're discussing wearables and their vital importance to the future of healthcare. Many of us use wearables on a daily basis, whether it's a fitness tracker, smartwatch, or in many cases, something that combines those functions and more. But really, from the beginning, one of the most obvious and important applications for wearables was in the medical space. And that's to say nothing of pacemakers and similar devices, which have been around since the early 20th century. But in the newest evolution, wearables wouldn't just provide medical care. They'd proactively monitor for the earliest signs of medical trouble and help provide preventative care long before we ever thought possible. Combine this with the Internet of Things, and you've got a system in place that that can detect, diagnose, and alert doctors of medical conditions at a pace never before achieved in human history. It would revolutionize how we think of healthcare, and that's where today's topic comes in. Maxim is highly invested in the medical space, and they've got several wearable solutions that we'll discuss today, along with trends in the space. And we're proud to welcome Andrew Baker from Maxim to the show, and it's such a heady topic, I'm thrilled to get started. Andrew, welcome to the show. And several months back, Maxim released a blog that discussed these future wearables, and one in particular. And maybe you could start by filling in some of the some more of the background, lay out the stakes for us. You know, why are wearables so important to the future of healthcare? Sure, I'd be glad to. Thanks for the uh, introduction. So, um, global healthcare costs are becoming an increasing problem. Um, in terms of the magnitude of that problem in terms of dollars, it's about $9 trillion in terms of the spend on a yearly basis. Um, and that equates to about 10% of the GDP worldwide. So uh, as you can imagine, this is a huge problem. Uh, and the, uh, the other issue is it's actually growing at a higher rate than inflation. Um, so... Healthcare providers, insurance companies, um, governments around the world are looking for innovative ways in, in order to mitigate that growth um, and look at ways to not only reduce the, the spend or the growth, but also uh, improve people's healthcare in general uh, and health and well-being. So that's really the root cause of why uh, at Maxim, we believe that uh, wearable solutions uh, is one way in which you can reduce this, uh, you know, ever-increasing burden on on the world. Right, right, definitely. Uh, Could you describe for our listeners the study conducted by the Scripps Research Institute with a wearable ECG device? Yeah, there's, <clears throat> there's been various uh, studies uh, that have been conducted. And uh, this is one of them, uh, and it's focused really on uh, detecting uh, AFib. So AFib is, is one of the most common forms of heart arrhythmia uh, or irregular heartbeat. Uh, and uh, in the U.S. alone, it affects around 6 million uh, people. But the big issue with uh, AFib is around one-third of those 6 million Uh, are asymptomatic. In other words, uh, they don't show any symptoms normally. So in other words, uh, you would need to uh, screen these individuals in order to diagnose this this issue. Uh, So one of the issues right now is that uh, the form of uh, diagnosing this is to 
really over a short period of time try to monitor the patient uh, and try to diagnose. And uh, based on the fact that uh, a third of these individuals are asymptomatic, uh, it can be very hit and miss. So uh, cardiologists and uh, clinicians are looking for ways in which to lengthen the time um, that these individuals are, are monitored so that uh, these things can be uh, caught, uh, let's say, more effectively. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, again, the, the, the blog gets into this, but what's the, the big deal with, with a risk-based form factor for these wearables? You know, why are, why are designers increasingly turning towards the risk? Yeah, so um, the, the, the study, the CRIPT uh, study, basically talks about a device that's chest-worn. Um, and this, this, is, this kind of device uh, tends to be a little bit cumbersome for certain individuals, um, especially males who maybe got chest hair. Um, so they have to sort of prepare the area and then it sticks on and um, sometimes can be a little bit uncomfortable for certain individuals. Um, however, wrist-worn devices have been around for decades, um, if not you know, longer than that. So it's, it's a form factor that's uh, widely accepted, um, and you can take it on and off, uh, and it can perform additional functions other than the healthcare functions that we're talking about, such functions such as, um, you, know, you, you mentioned earlier, step counting, notifications, um, you can run apps and, and do other smartwatch-type functions uh, on this device. And it's easily accessible. Mm-hmm. Now, um, to, you know, to, to get to the blog again, the, it asked, you know, how do we generate more accurate heart rate data from risk-based devices? So I'll, I'll, I'll pose that question to you. Yeah, so... Uh, Risk-based heart monitoring, um, typically the, the method that's used is, is an optical method. Um, so it's, it's basically completely non-invasive, uh, and it's based on shining light into the individual's uh, tissue, looking for pulsatile information in the capillary bed within, within the wrist. So there's a number of challenges uh, that are associated with, with measuring on that, that particular site of the body because, uh, quite frankly, it's probably one of the worst, if not the worst, uh, place on the body to measure heart rate uh, optically because of the, uh, um, the way that the, the wrist is formed and, uh, and the way that you measure it. So there's the physiological challenges but there's also um, challenges that are introduced by the individuals that are um, wearing the device. Uh, one of those uh, specific things that is very challenging is motion. So right. Uh, right, right, motion right. is one of those things that, uh, you know, during daily life people move and um, uh, hence uh, the device itself will move around. Um, there are also environmental issues that you have to deal with. For example, um, ambient light. So it's a little bit different if you're in a dark room versus if you're in bright sunlight and uh, couple that with the motion, then, um, for example, the, uh, the ambient light can, can look like a heartbeat. 
So um, those are some physical challenges. There are also some electrical challenges. So once the, the signal has been acquired, then you need to convert that signal into a digital signal that then can be processed, and then you basically get the heart rate number. Um, mm. Right. So, so the, the, those, yeah, those challenges yeah. all combined, um, you basically need to discern the actual heart rate um, from all of the noise, the ambient, uh, the motion. Uh, in order to do that, you need a, a very complex and uh, smart algorithm. So uh, it's not only the uh, optical solution that you need to optimize or the electrical solution. It's also the algorithm that, that discerns that signal and then and gives you the actual number that you're interested in. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's get into uh, you know, proprietary technology for a bit. So Maxim's Health Sensor Platform 2.0, which, which um, they announced and uh, they mentioned in the blog, um, you know, what does it measure? And it, and it being modular, what sort of platforms could it enable in the future? So the, the device itself is, is wrist-worn. Um, so the, the initial measurement is uh, optical heart rate. So um, it's wrist-based um, uh, optical heart rate. We also have uh, ECG measurement on the wrist. So in order to complete the electrical circuit required to measure ECG, we have uh, electrodes on the back of the watch uh, in contact with the wrist. And then um, you need to press the other finger on the other arm to an electrode on the top uh, to, to get the, the full ECG signal. In addition to optical heart rate as well as ECG, we have uh, contact-based uh, temperature. So this is not uh, intended for core temperature, but for uh, skin temperature. So that, that can be used to either correlate to core temperature in some instances, but more likely to uh, take advantage of uh, compensating for environmental uh, changes as well as uh, body temperature or skin contact temperature changes. So those are the right. three main uh, measurement functions of the health sensor platform 2.0. Right, right. So, you know, power management obviously is, is one of the most important factors for, for designers nowadays. Um, so that, that being said, let's, let's touch on, you know, the, the MAX 20345 power management IC for a second. How does that device help extend uh, battery runtime? Yeah, so besides the fact that uh, it has all of the regular functions that you would expect from a portable device, battery chargers, regulators, um, so the, the key point here is that when you talk about power management, power management touches pretty much every single device in the system, from the microcontroller to the uh, analog front end acquiring the measurements, uh, as well as uh, offering conversion from the battery voltage down to um, the power rails required within the system. Um, but talking specifically about uh, power conversion, um, this device, the 20345, the MAX 20345, has integrated some specific features that uh, are uh, 
aimed at optimizing a solution uh, such as the Health Sensor Platform 2.0, which has measurement functions as well as uh, display um, to offer notification as well as uh, wireless uh, communication. And one of those specific functions that's been integrated is a buck boost that provides uh, power to the optical sensing solution. So one of the biggest consumers of power these days within these wrist-worn devices is the optical heart rate. Um, so these devices are typically worn 24-7 because people want to monitor not only the daily activity but also sleep quality and even more medical-based uh, quality of sleep such as monitoring apnea, etc. Um, so optical uh, sensing measurement is, is worn or operating 24-7. So that's one of the areas that needs to be optimized in terms of power. And this buck boost that's integrated in the MAX20345 is, is one of the things that we're, we're basically optimizing that power consumption of that solution. Right. Well, uh, thanks again, Andrew. I, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and for all the great information. And to our audience, be sure to check out Maxim's blog that, that I've been referring to. The, the link should be in the description. And on behalf of Maximum PSD, thanks for tuning in.